Hi, everyone. It's Ayana Lage. Welcome back to Asked by Ayana. It's been a while, but the show is back and I've got a super fun episode that, that I'm really excited to share with y'all. I am here with Rachel and Chelsea, who are the design partners behind Kinoto House. I connected with them really right after we bought our house, which would which would have been last summer. And I was so overwhelmed by what to do with like so many of the spaces. And I also feel like I was wrestling with like loving everything I was seeing on Pinterest, but also like not having the budget to, to like buy everything from restoration hardware. So it was just like, I wasn't sure where to start. We did a virtual consult. It was amazing. And they helped give me direction. So yeah, since then, I've, I thought that it'd be fun to have them on. So first, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, this is also our first podcast. So very exciting. <laughs> no way. Wow. I am honored. I, first, I'd love to know how y'all met and became business partners, because I, I feel like working with your friends is like so interesting. So that's fun. I, I like I want to know more about that. Well, actually, Chelsea and I didn't know each other very well when we decided to start working together. Really? Um, okay. You know, we both had moved back to Gainesville after living in other cities. Um, and we had a good mutual friend who knew that we were into interior design. And she just basically kind of pushed us together at a, a dinner one night and said, you guys would probably like each other. <laughs> and we stayed in touch over Instagram, you know, for a couple of years, just kind of as acquaintances who, you know, knew we both liked design. Um, and then, yeah, one day it grew and I'll let Chelsea tell that part of it because it involves a big project she took on during the pandemic. Yeah. So I, I was an interior designer in, in a previous life, but when I moved to Gainesville, um, I had come to, to Florida to start a hotel and had been working on that for years and had gotten pretty far in the development of that. And then COVID hit. Um, so there were a lot of change ups and, you know, had some investors pull out and, and all that. So, of course, what anybody does is, you know, pivot to something else. And having my creative brain, I couldn't really just sit and do nothing. And so I bought a really fabulous architect design mid-century house that was in complete disrepair, um, needed a lot of love. And so lovingly referred to as my pandemic project <laughs> um, and kind of just started restoring that, getting really into it. And by the time it was done, um, put it up for sale. And the response that I got from it was just like, can you do this at my house? What, you know, um, people wanting sort of that similar look and feel to it. And so I was like, feels like the universe keeps pushing me back into the interior design world. And, you know, maybe it's something that I should take on, but knowing that I needed a partner to be able to do that, you know, somebody who had the skills that I didn't have. Um, you know, I've been a designer in the past, so I knew how to run it as a business. And just right at that time was when our mutual friend was like, you know, you guys should get together. So it was a little bit of a perfect storm of, you know, fate coming together. And, and she had these skills that I didn't have. And I had run a business and she hadn't. And so we're just like, should we maybe just see what happens? And so we were both very casual about it. But from the very beginning, knew what our goals were 
for the business. And really, since then, it's all gone pretty well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was the most mature, like relationship development I've ever been to been in. And I think that's because it's two women in our 30s who yeah. like know what we want and what we're trying to like achieve yeah. in our lives. Because we mm-hmm. sat down and we're like, okay, what's your ideal work life balance? Like how much vacation do you want to take a year? You know, what do you, kind of projects do you want to be working on? What are your goals? And like, they aligned so beautifully together. We both really, you know, aspire to design hotels and hospitality spaces. We love a lot of the same design. Um, and it just, it was so emotionally mature. And we, we did all that legwork going into this business that it kind of set us up for success. And so every step of the way, I mean, as we're taking on our first projects, it's like, okay, well, these roles just kind of, they develop so easily because Chelsea has this business experience and the responsibilities just kind of fell to each other and really naturally. And then the design process is really fun because now we have someone to bounce ideas off of and do it together. And it's always better that way. And that was a first for me to get to design with someone else. And um, yeah, it's just been such a wonderful journey and it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. And that is awesome. We're best friends. I mean, let's just be real. And it, it took some time, you know, for us to like get, there and everything but she's an amazing person I'm so so lucky to have her in my life and not to be too woo woo but we also (laughs) consulted the stars I think was it co-star yeah app you know where we kind of you put in both of your horoscopes yeah 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 to see how you align yeah which one pattern pattern yeah Yeah. if anybody you know needs to understand their relationships more deeply um we kind of put both of our information that and they were like this is a very rare and magical connection yeah Um, i love that it truly has yeah been that um so okay when y'all started did you kind of put everything into this full-time were you also working like you know your your previous jobs or um how did that go Yeah. I mean, for me, I didn't have anything else. So I had been working for two years on this hotel development. And so, um, no, it was essentially everything that I had, you know, into it. I do have a daughter. And so I was doing the mom thing. So as you know, it it takes up a lot of your time. So the time that I did have available, you know, I I put into this this, because this was before she was in school. I was making a conscious career choice. I'd been doing fashion design for about a decade. And then I realized I wanted to get into bigger projects that were interior design related and focused. And so I, in my pandemic project was doing this UCLA certificate course that covered all these foundational design uh, classes and softwares and techniques and things. So that's what I spent my year of, you know, the first year of the pandemic doing head down, taking all these classes. Um, And so I knew that I wanted to work in interior design. I didn't know how I would achieve that in Gainesville because there it's such a small community. There's only a couple design firms here. Um, so I didn't know that I would be able to work here at all. So I, I wasn't sure what the future held, but that's the direction I was going. And I thought I'd have to move somewhere else to, to get a job, but instead we just created the jobs. It was a huge risk actually looking back on it that we were just like, well, we'll see what happens and kind of put all of our eggs into the basket. But I think there's something that, you know, we were really aligned on the type of design that we wanted to do. And so as soon as we put that out there, I mean, our initial batch of clients, we could say that they were all ideal clients. They were looking for really contemporary, unique design 
They trusted us, um, you know, which is a lot considering we were brand new. So they put their trust in us and we were able to kind of put out those batch, that batch of projects to attract, you know, new projects. And um, so it, that risk really paid off for us. So what, let me, let me kind of start by framing it with my own experience, which is that when I went, um, when I quit my job, I was like a full-time freelancer and I really struggled to find a balance between needing to pay my bills, but also not wanting to say yes to everything and not wanting to like dilute myself or my brand by like working with anyone who approached me or any opportunity that popped up. So I love that you mentioned like having your ideal clients, like knowing the type of design that you wanted to do. How did you and do you remain intentional about that? It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we are a startup. So we have pretty much said yes to every job that's come our way. But, you know, luckily we've had really great clients who have trusted our vision. I mean, so much of our process is getting to know the client, their home, their lives, and how we can kind of translate those dreams through our lens. So um, even if it's farmhouse modern, we do it our way and and keep yeah. it keep it interesting and fulfilling for us. But, you know, we are getting to the point now where we have a lot of big jobs on our roster and we're, we are going to be more selective, you know, down the line. But um, but we also do want to be able to provide design advice for the broader community because it is a small, a small city. There's a lot of great people here who deserve to live the way they want to. And so we, we have different services that we can try to give that back to, you know, even if we're not taking on the full scope of the project. And I think just naturally the content that we put out there attracts the clients that we want. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to, we, we don't have to be as selective because people are sort of self-selecting by the time they get to us and see our projects, which is nice. Just out of curiosity, how do people find you? Is it social media, word of mouth, something else? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, word of mouth is the cornerstone of this business. Yeah. Clients show off their home and tell their friends and um, people love to, to meet us and find out we're interior designers. It, they're just so interested. Um, so just that's, you know, getting our name out there is very important. But yeah, we're on social media, on Instagram, documenting our process and showing off our finished photos. And we've, you know, been engaging with Google Ads a little bit and kind of experimenting with that. And, you know, just reaching yeah. out to people like you, you know, who want to collaborate and, and spread the message. Okay, so rewinding back, like way back, this is like kind of a question that I always ask. What did you guys want to be when you were kids? Like, what was your dream job? And is this something that you think like child you would be shocked at (laughs) what you're doing now? Or would it be like, yeah, that tracks? I mean, for me, it definitely attracts. I mean, maybe when I was five, I wanted to be a dolphin trainer, you know, which I feel like. Sure, sure. Um, but no, I mean, I was always the I was always the kid who was setting up environments for Barbie, right? Same. And yeah, Same. and we we talked about this before, like playing Sims. Oh yeah, we didn't really care about what the people were doing. We like we created the spaces <laughs> yeah. for that. You know, um, that's amazing. There was a time, like a high school version of myself, that and I still am very obsessed with movies that I was like, oh, I should be a a film director. And I think really what that was, was creating an overall experience for somebody, right? Um, 
that was completely tailored. Like, what story are you trying to, what story are you trying to tell? And I think a lot of that translates into interior design because we're not forcing our vision on someone. We are pulling out of their personalities to create an overall look and feel. Right. So for me, I don't think my childhood self would be surprised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dolphin trainer sounds great. Yeah. If this doesn't work out. <laughs> Even today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same though. I was building Barbie pads all over the place and, and out of, you know, found objects, creating these spaces that, you know, were beautiful, you know, for them. I did a lot of playing by myself as a kid. So a lot of make believe and pretend. And so it, those Barbies, but also with fashion, like my mom had, you know, a chest of scarves and old lingerie and stuff that I could kind of pull from and dress up as. And so my mom, my whole childhood was saying, you're a designer, you're going to be a designer. And I was, you know, as a moody teenager, self-conscious high schooler, kind of like, no, I'm, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not creative enough for that. that yeah. kind of thing. I like, denied it until I got out of college. And then I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> like my mom was telling me this all along, that's who I am, you know. But I, it's very validating now to be having a career out of that yeah, passion. Definitely, I feel like interior designer is one of those jobs that like inherently sounds so cool. Even now, I mean, I was gonna say when I was a kid, but even now, <laughs> your jobs sound sound amazing. I'm curious what an average day looks like. I know that there has to be a ton of variation, but just like day-to-day, week-to-week, um, what some of the tasks are that y'all focus on? Well, I was giving somebody a recap of our day-to-day and I was like, today, and I was like, we've got two site visits with clients to, you know, look at the renovations happening. We've got a podcast interview. We've got a call with a new client. Uh, you know, it's just like, what else? We've got a call with the University yeah. of Florida's interior design department because we'll be taking on a, a summer intern yeah. officially. And oh, how fun! Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So making sure that we're adhering to you know everything that they that they All need. The standards, yeah. Um, yeah, and so that was just today. But generally, I mean, we we keep a tight schedule because we have to. You know, it's just the two the two of us. I have two kiddos. So for us to be most efficient with our time, like we developed a weekly schedule where Mondays work sort of recapping stuff for the week, knocking out little things. And then Tuesdays we block off um, for site visits, like out of studio visits. If we need to pick up samples for anything, check in on any renovation projects, we're doing any calls, Zoom calls, all that stuff happens on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, we have non-billable hours. So we're, you know, doing stuff for the studio or marketing or social media or anything that's not really related to a client, but is business related invoicing. And then Thursdays and Fridays are typically, you know, full, no meetings, no calls. It's getting into the creative process. You know, we don't want to be interrupted when we're doing that. And really our best work comes from, you know, knowing that we can sit down and really dive in. So I think since we've implemented that schedule, we're just a lot more efficient with our time. Yeah. This is a pretty recent thing that we realized we needed to kind of, before we had meetings every day spread out through the calendar, you know, we're kind of jumping up from the studio and running out and back. And it's just, it's streamlined streamline our life so immediately mm-hmm. that I, it, yeah, it just makes everything better. And we're in studio working together. Um, and it's nice because, you know, we are able to kind of come in, do our work, feel really good. Like we've dedicated, you know, the, this portion of the day to it. And now Chelsea can, 
be with her kids and her family and I can be, you know, doing my thing. And that way it's not like all day long we're thinking about everything that's going to be done. It's just a little more like locked out. Yeah. And we honestly, we try not to work on Fridays also, you know, it's, that's kind of the benefit of having our own business and creating it from the ground up is, you know, can we get to where we need to be and also take Fridays off if we want to. And so far, you know, we can say, yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where like, when I have a meeting on my calendar, it's like, (laughs) it's like the hour before and the hour after it's like really aren't going to be as productive as they should be. Cause it's like, I'm like just mentally preparing. (laughs) I'm like decompressing. Um, So I, and I I love that you said that you're trying not to work Fridays because I, I think that something that I've tried to prioritize, which is not always possible, but I'm like, I was at a point where I was working so much that I'm like, okay, like I'm working more and I'm seeing less of my family than I would have been if I were like at my office job. (laughs) Like I'm like, there has to be some give, like some flexibility for me to feel like the reward of being able to set my own schedule. So I love that. I think that's genius. So I want to make sure that I give time for the questions that I got when I asked on Instagram stories if anyone had any questions for y'all. I feel like some of these are like very specific, but others are like widely applicable. So we can can just kind of like (laughs) bounce around. Okay. So someone said that they have a very tiny budget and they're overwhelmed that they'll make the wrong choice and waste money. Just wanted to see what y'all had to say about that. Planning. You know, this is the, our process involves a lot of pre-planning before you do anything in the space. And that's why we insist on having this kind of discovery period with our client and they could do that on their own, you know, looking through their Pinterest boards, kind of looking, what are the common threads here and identifying those things, even just writing down a list. Every photo has wood tones, every photo has pink in it, you know, and just like kind of pulling those things out of it, which it can be really overwhelming when you're looking at a ton of Pinterest photos. But what we do, you know, based on our conversations, our site visit and looking at that inspiration, we we distill it down into what is what are these common themes and what is the style? And then we put together that overall mood board and a color palette and a material palette. And those things guide the whole process. And when we look back at our projects that are now finished and we look at those initial mood boards, they're spot on because we took that time in the beginning with our clients to nail it down, get everybody's buy-in. And that way when we were buying furniture or sourcing you know, tile or whatever it is, we had a guide to work from and we weren't just pulling it out of nowhere, you know? And so I think that even us on our own homes, we have to sit down and do that homework too. And so just, yeah, don't rush to the store. Don't buy the paint yet. Just sit down and really make that cohesive plan. Yeah. Cause if you can't afford a designer, you can, you know, look at doing, like you said, that process on your own, just look at all the images that you really like and start to think about what is it about these? And if you can kind of come up with a handful that you're seeing again and again, then that gives you those, um, you know, uh, some blinders on, right? So you're not looking at all the options for something. You now say, okay, I'm, I can focus on these five things. And having those constraints is essential. As designers, if you were like, oh, anything goes, do whatever you want. We'd, our heads would explode. Like that's, yeah. we need to have constraints. And sometimes it's the architecture. Sometimes it's the budget, you know, whatever it is that informs the, the final outcome and it's helpful. 
So similar to this, um, someone else said, how do you help someone figure out their style and what will look good versus what they like? Which I thought was kind of an interesting question um, because I feel I feel like I ran into that again and again while thinking through my own home um, yeah. and, and just trying to differentiate there. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, we always like to look at what their inspiration is, but also look at the architecture of the house. And I'm not saying, okay, this needs to be an architect design house. It's just, are you living in a townhouse that has a very transitional style? Are you living in, you know, a ranch or mid-century home that has a lot of, you know, original features that are very mid-century leaning? The house is going to tell you some things and it would look a little funky to, you know, put one of those things into another home, right? So it can be what you like, but also does it play off of what's there existing, you know, so sometimes like Rachel was saying, those constraints, sometimes that architecture is a constraint and helps to narrow it down. So yeah, for someone trying to identify their style and whether or not it will look good versus what they want, I, I think it can be a little bit of both. So I feel like this is like kind of a general question, but if either of you uh, have any advice or you can speak to it, someone said, how do I use multiple colors in a space without them clashing? I love color. I mean, we both do, but what excites me so much about color is combining them together and, you know, finding that sweet spot where they all work together, pare it down, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, find your favorite colors. And then we always like to find natural elements to kind of like balance it out. So is it, you know, natural materials, that kind of thing, or like white space in any design field, like graphic design, having a place for your eye to rest is really important. So just making sure there's balance to it. But if you love the colors, I think you'll be happy being surrounded by them. Yeah. And if you need help narrowing down, you know, there's, I mean, as everybody knows, there's millions of paint colors from one brand to the next. So if you're like, oh, I really love blues and I love greens and, and all that, well, you can have warmer tones or you can have cooler tones. What does it look like with the hard finishes that are in your house? The things that you cannot change, countertops, cabinets, flooring, tile, backsplash, and get a bunch of swatches that are in that blue green family, but put them against those hard finishes. And those hard finishes may lean a little cooler, a little warmer, and there'll be a specific tone that will work best for those. So really, I mean, Having swatches in hand, there's no better way than to just bring them into your space. And sometimes, I mean, it's helpful too if you have artwork or textiles that feature some of the colors that you're leaning towards, they're paired with complementary colors. So you might find a a piece of art or a blanket or something that has a very cool, colorful pattern. And you can say, well, pink and blue are colors I'm drawn to. I didn't know they'd look good with, you know, these other ones. So you can base it off of, you know, that kind of thing and pull the colors out of it. Okay, so I was actually going to end there on questions, but I feel like I need to read this one from this person because it's so intense. (laughs) They said, how the hell, in all caps, do I coordinate and pick throw pillows? (laughs) (laughs) I know the desperation in that that question because I've been there. It's, It's a tough one, honestly. It's like, you know, we can design a whole space and even we have trouble being like, okay, what? you know, in terms of accessorizing it. Sometimes it's just trial and error, honestly. You know, a lot of times if we're 
designing a really high-end space, we'll want to select a fabric, right, and have those made. But for someone just buying some pillows, um, honestly, make sure there's a good return policy and just order them. But think about the shape of your couch. Think about the shape of where you need that pillow to be. So if it's a bed, you know, consider a long lumbar pillow. If it's a high backed couch, you can get away with a, you know, a bigger squared pillow. Um, But we like to mix up our shapes and sizes just for some visual interest, making sure that, you know, there is some solid, some pattern. What materials are you using, right? If it's a leather couch, maybe you don't want to also have leather pillows. Maybe you want to mix up that material, um, you know, which is why it's so important that we do a material palette in that initial phase. So if we're identifying, you know, leather, then maybe we're adding linen on top of that, if that's sort of the vibe of the house. Or if it's, you know, we did this sort of desert rock and roll inspired um, house that we had a, a great leather couch. We did a, um, a pillow that was a, a cowhide pillow, but also paired that with wool, you know, like a natural wool. So think about your variation in texture, your variation in size, and the variation in shape. And also, typically when we're specking any throw pillows for a project, it's in our last round of product sourcing. We do not design around the pillows. So I would say go back to your color palette and pull, you know, find fabrics that vibe with that, but also let that be the last thing that finishes out the space. Yeah. And so if you're at that point, the room should kind of tell you like what colors they need to be. And if, if the room is full of pattern, maybe you want more solid like textures on the sofa or chairs. And if it's really solid in there, maybe you need some pattern, you know, and just finding what's missing. Cause that's something we do a lot. It's like, okay, we've got leather, wood, concrete, you know, a ceramic, what are we missing? We're missing a a metal. We need some, you know, brass or, you know, nickel. We need glass, you know, so we're always kind of saying like, did we hit all these points? Well, thank you so much. Thank you both for, for sharing your knowledge. I, um, I still, with the consult that we had now probably six plus months ago, find myself referring to the presentation that y'all sent. And as our house like slowly, but sure, I feel like we're just trucking along. But no, it was so helpful. I would love for you to share how people can um, get in touch with you or or just with Kinoto House. Yeah, uh, reach out to our website. You know, if you've got a project that you're you'd like to discuss, we have a project inquiry form where you can just give us a little bit of background info, which helps us. Um, and we'll reach out and schedule a consultation potentially, or, you know, we're available on DMs. That's us checking them yeah, and writing back. Yeah. <laughs> and we love meeting people who are into design and, and talking shop. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Asked by Ayana. I hope that you enjoyed the listen. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast, taking the time to leave a rating or review or sharing it with someone who you think may enjoy it is a huge help and goes a long way. See you next week. Thank you.